0: yo sway calloway sway in the morning world famous wake up show mtv we worldwide welcome to slam radio this is where they get busy
1: good morning to you get the hell up you are listening to good morning amigo on sirius xm 145 Back here on Good Morning Amigo Sirius XM 145, our next guest. It's not a guest, his family. Because, see, I set up shop to do the first and only National Radio Station run by high school students in his backyard. In our neighborhood, our family's neighborhood. Man, whether he was walking, <laughs> walking the sidelines, that's what they call him basketball. <laughs> For Miami High, uh, this man needs no introduction, not in my show, not at anyone's show. He is, uh, South Carolina is lucky to have him. University of South Carolina, Gamecock, head basketball coach, Frank Martin, my brother, right here on Good Morning Amigo. Como esta, Frank?
0: Aqui, uh, mi hermano. Tu sabes, Like everything else, bro, it's, uh, we're all trying to figure it out, and, uh, uh, and, and believe, uh, in, in, in our core and our souls and, and, uh, uh, continuing to try to do good, man, and and figure this thing out.
1: I think that's all we can do and, and, and lend an ear and try to understand. I've tried to do it. Um, I did it all week last week. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm a little tired. I'm, I don't know what else I can say. I don't know what else I can do other than understand and observe. And, um, you know, I've shared with my listeners something that you know, I do from time to time, but a lot of people do not know uh, is I come from a mixed marriage. So walking down the streets in Brooklyn in the 70s or here in Little Havana in the 80s, it was very, very white dad and very quite black mom. And the stares and the laughs and some of the things I can remember uh, were very uncomfortable for me as a kid. So, and that doesn't, that pales in comparison. I can't relate um, to the plight and I can't relate to some of the things that, blacks are, are fed up with and, and I've got to tell you the one thing that I'm fed up with period is watching the police brutality but I we made a promise Frank and I today Frank my my, my engineer my sidekick my right-hand man um, we maybe just don't know enough about this and maybe we just need to to have a seat and observe and learn and maybe that maybe it's time for some of us to learn and not speak is, is what I think but I I uh, not so much. I want to talk to you about how you handle about a college basketball season coming up with everything that's happened with COVID. Uh, but obviously you can't have a conversation and ignore what's happened the last four or five days.
0: Yeah, Larry, it's uh, I, um, I, I, uh, I think I don't uh, I don't know. I'm not a police officer, so I'm not in those circles. I've got dear friends that are. Uh, I'm very connected to the police department here in Columbia, South Carolina. Um, I know this. I know in the last five years, uh, ever since 2015, when <clears throat> uh, when the situation in Ferguson, Missouri, took place, and then we had a situation here in South Carolina in Charleston, where a gentleman was shot in the back as he was running away from a police officer. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we 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 uh, the police departments here work really 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 hard to better understand and and become more uh, open to fixing the issues they had and have had, and I think it's happened nationwide. If you look at the statistics, the the I mean the numbers are way down. Uh, as far as uh, police uh, shooting and, and killing an unarmed uh, black man, uh, the numbers are way down. Uh, but still, anytime that happens, uh, it's unacceptable. It's just not uh, what what it needs to be. And and uh, what I don't like to do, I love calling attention. I love um, uh, I, I love speaking. I love standing up for what's right. Uh, what I don't want to do. Is be negligent to how much work has happened to improve that over the last five years. Uh, one of my closest friends in life is, you know, he's been in the city of Miami Police Department going on 25 years, and and uh, and he's, you know, I speak to him daily, uh, not just on this, on everything, and and he's from he's from right there, man. You you could throw a rock from his house and hit slam and and that's the neighborhood he grew up in and he 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 gets it and um i think 99 percent of police officers uh, were insulted by the actions of that ignorant dude in minnesota and i'm talking about the ignorant cop that mm-hmm. did what he did i think 99 percent are bothered by the other three officers who stood around and let that happen correct um i i it, you know but unfortunately uh Uh, There's, there's people, I think Udonis did a press conference, man, and he couldn't have said it any better. Uh, It's not the badge that was wrong. It was the soul of those guys. And, and, you know, we can't just uh, label every single police officer being bad. Uh, We, we have to make sure we understand that they've worked really hard uh, to make things better. And, and uh, eventually uh, we need decision makers uh, to, to step in and create certain laws uh, that, that, you know, that kind of make a difference. And, uh, uh, but, but at the end of the day, um, no one's ever going to be able, uh, you know, the, the hatred that's in some people's hearts over some things, uh, there's no law that's ever going to cure that or change that. Uh, we just have, we're, we're in a much better place as a country than we were a hundred years ago than we were 50 years ago. Then think about what you just said about your parents walking down New York city. Uh, that used to never be seen back there in marriages. Now it's kind of commonplace. Uh, so we continue to move, um, uh, to a better place and we just have to make sure that we continue to listen to everybody and not just certain people.
1: Frank Martin joining us here on Good Morning Amigo. He is the head basketball coach at the University of South Carolina. You tweeted something over the weekend that made me feel, even though I have a concept that I didn't catch because it's a lot of things going on, but my concept is exactly what you said in this tweet. You said to somebody, you do you, I do me, and... I have a hashtag I call universe of one, right? So I think everybody needs to worry about themselves first. And then when you when you are clean, your ecosystem is clean, and you know that your mind is clear of a lot of these negative things, then it's about others. But if everybody worried about themselves in that way, instead of worrying about others, worry about how you do things. and it, it, But obviously that's a panacea. That's a utopia that doesn't exist. But the mindset, or at least to try to be good enough to think that way, is the, is the concept of you do you, and you know. I'll do me. And I saw that and it impressed me. How much do we really need to look at ourselves in the mirror and ask ourselves where we're at? Whether some of it is, is, is silent prejudice, whether it's we have no prejudice in our heart at all, and what we need to do individually and as a, as a whole to change this.
0: Yeah, I, uh, that tweet, uh, I rarely read my mentions because I think there's so much nonsense on social media. So, so I don't read my mentions. But after I put out my statement, my our family statement, my wife and our statement together, I've been reading them um, to see if anyone had any constructive ideas. Like if anybody can say, hey, Frank, appreciate what you said, uh, but here's a thought. Help us with this. Or, you know, and I'm saying, let me read some of this stuff to see if there's something that, that I can get positive out of this. And, and you know, there's some Yahoo uh, drug my kids. Into his comments. Um, and that was my reply to him. Um, you know, if you're going to drag my kids, you don't know me, first of all. Uh, if you want to, but I'm a public figure, you want to drag me into whatever, I get it, no problem. If you drag my kids in, then I'm done. I'm not listening to you. Uh, you do you, I'll do me. Uh, uh, I hope we can both help people that need help, and God bless you. That was my tweet to the guy because I did. did I thought that was rude but uh, um, what was the second part of your question Larry? Is so I got th- what
1: do we need to do because I think the accountability Frank comes in oh, worrying absolutely. about ourselves right so if we can absolutely. worry about ourselves I think a lot more of the introspect will happen where, where some it's okay for you to not understand what's going on but don't assume you understand that as a white man and then cast aspersions in a negative manner but There's so much back and forth that goes on that I believe that rather than get involved in so many conversations and so much back and forth where people engage, worry about yourself first. If you worry about yourself first and you're clear, then a lot of these conversations resolve themselves. And I'm just saying, how much do we really have to be introspective to do that? And do people want to actually do that?
0: Well, that's that's the first thing we all got to do. We got to look in the mirror, you know, and that's how I coach my team. I tell our players all the time. Don't come in here blaming your teammate or blaming this or but bl- look in the mirror first. Every day you walk in, look at the guy that when you're brushing your teeth and you look at the mirror, ask the question, am I doing what I'm supposed to do to make my team better um, and, and you can't lie to that guy you know and, um, and and I think that's what we all have to do We, we have to look in the mirror and and uh, and, and comprehend where we're at. I, I think the biggest problem that exists. In all walks of life, uh, including in race relations, is that we think we know what we it's just like anyone from this country. They don't understand the journey that your family and my family took when they left Cuba where they lived a certain way. And then the government came in and took everything they owned and ran them out of their own country uh, where where my parents were born in and where their roots were, were in. And they had to come to a different country, not speak the language, uh, not be educated, uh, have n- no idea of how to succeed, uh, but figure out a way to move forward. Uh, no one that doesn't come from that understands that journey and that fight. Well, it's the same way with um, me, who comes from that. I don't comprehend. I have spent countless hours with friends of mine, especially since I've been here in South Carolina, because it's different than in Miami. Miami's more of a melting pot. Here, you have people, the whole civil rights movement, the, the civil the civil war started, basically originated here in South Carolina. Yes. I have spent countless hours with dear friends of mine that are black about the journey of their parents and their grandparents, uh, what they went through, what they fought for, to better understand their viewpoint, their opinions, their their thought processes. Because the biggest mistake some of us make is because we got friends that that are African American. That makes us good people.
1: That makes us good that people. Makes us,
0: yeah. That makes us understand. No, it don't, man. Uh you, you have to you gotta get into conversations and as and as African Americans to help people like me, you need to be able to speak clearly as to your journey, your challenges, your frustrations, your fears, so I can better understand. And then we can collectively connect the force people that are, my frustration is never with the common folks. I think frustration comes from when we speak and speak and speak and we get deaf ears or we get phony ears. Uh, My frustration is with the decision-makers. Because uh, you know, Larry, I, I said I said it in my in the note my wife and I sent out. Uh, our neighborhoods, man, they're, they're still the same. They've never changed. Nothing. It, it's it, there, countless teachers and leaders and peoples go in there and fight, fight, fight. But the neighborhoods never change. That's because because uh, the, the 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 fight behind the scenes, uh, the things that need to get fixed don't get fixed, and uh, and it's no different, man. It's just. There's a younger Frank living in that same neighborhood, and there's a chance that that younger Frank can't get out. And, and that's, the, that's the frustration, and that's, and that's where I think all this uh, uh, frustration
1: comes from. Frank Martin joining us here on Good Morning Amigo. At uh, Tu Tocayo here, Frank Fernandez, and, and me, I hope I'm not ambushing you with this one, did not have any clue to your story, your near-death experience.
0: He uh, uh-huh.
1: was not aware and then I thought about it. I said, I, you know, th- th- it is a little long, but at the same time, I mean, I know that there's a Cliff Notes version to it. I didn't tell him a thing. I told him at some point he needs to watch the obvious the ESPN thing, the ESPN video on this. Uh, is that something that's a little too difficult to talk about? Because I, I couldn't believe he didn't know the story. I know so many people. I always tell people about that story, and he had no clue.
0: Yeah, it's,
1: no, it's
0: not, it's, I mean, it's never easy to speak about that. But uh, but no, it's uh, I've come to a place where, um, uh, uh, anytime somebody asks, it's, uh, I've got to figure out a way to express it and share it best I can, uh, because it can give somebody else hope that might be in a difficult moment or a difficult place that, uh, uh, that, that prayer and, 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 and just, uh, uh, that God's with you, man. And, and, and that, uh, that we're all in his hands and, and uh, We just have to, uh, we got to be at peace and, 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 and just know that, uh, uh, I don't want to say we're not in control, but in those moments, we just have to believe that, that he is in control. And, uh, um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, whatever whatever you want to talk about, that it was an incredible journey. Uh, it was an, uh, The one thing
1: uh, I didn't understand, or I don't remember because I'm getting old, is you yep. became sick. I guess you were coaching in Cincinnati. Am I correct at the time when this happened? No, was,
0: I, ju- I had just gotten to K-State.
1: Okay, yeah. so you had just gotten to K-State, and I guess you had either been on the road or you were working on something and you, you fell ill. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, actually, uh, uh, we had just taken the job and and we had been on the road for a week.
1: I love that you uh, say we, that by the way. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Did you hear that, Frank Fernandez? He said we took the job. I love you, bro. You're a family man, bro. That that <laughs> just came out naturally. That's not a contrived yeah. thing to say. And you said it and you've said that before. I didn't mean to interrupt you. That's an amazing no, thing that no. it's a you have a team which is your family that allows you to be who you are. That continue, sir. This is why I love you, yeah. by the way. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah, we we, we had just gotten hired and, and we had been on the road about seven or eight consecutive days recruiting uh we had just gotten back on campus and my wife had flown in the that next day and uh we had looking for a house because we were living in a hotel my wife was still in cincinnati and we're looking for a house so we spent uh a friday and a saturday trying to identify uh where to live uh we we found a house uh we uh uh, we 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 had a huge dinner uh, where you know we just drank, ate a huge Kansas beef steak. I mean, unbelievable the beef over there. Um, and then uh, we we probably drank too much wine and um, and you know and had dessert just over ate. No big deal. Uh, the the next day, uh, drove my wife to the airport in Kansas City uh, early in the morning. Uh, drove back to campus and I was sitting at my desk. Uh, write notes and I just started shaking and it was I don't know about 10 o'clock in the morning and I just started shaking I couldn't control the shaking and uh, the secretary happened to be walking by my office and saw me shaking she like freaked out she was like yo you okay and I was like I'm okay I'm just gonna go back to the hotel so I did the old Cuban remedy Uh, drink as much fluids as you can Uh, I put on uh, two sweatshirts and I got underneath the blankets and I wrapped myself up and I said, let's, yep. let's get this out of us. And, and, um, you know, and, uh, I just, I, I went through like three different outfits sweating. Um, uh, uh, my operations guy who's still with me to this day, Andy Astley, and we we're all at the hotel came by to see me and, and, uh, uh, and you know, when I opened the door, uh, I could tell by look on his face that I looked like crap. Uh, and then he called Bob Huggins and said, hey, Frank's struggling. Uh, you know, he's too stubborn to take care of himself, and uh, somebody might need to go see him. So Huggs uh, came to see me with the trainer, and he said, you got to let this trainer see you. And, uh, and the trainer convinced me to go to the doctor. And the best decision I ever made was to listen, because if I hadn't made it to the doctor, I probably wouldn't be here today. Wow.
1: You go and I guess you get hospitalized at some point. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. Then immediately they take me in because I was totally dehydrated. Uh, so they take me in to put IVs in me, and then they t- tried to figure out what was wrong with me. And uh, my body temperature was up around 104, and and they couldn't bring it down. And that's like dangerous levels. Uh, uh, they 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 I was they loaded me up, loaded me up with morphine. Um, and they put me through a battery of tests for about, uh, uh, two and a half days and, and, uh, they couldn't figure out what was wrong. And then, uh, that's where the story for ESPN kicks in. It's, uh, uh, it's about one o'clock in the morning and, uh, my, my wife's out in the hallway and my uncle, who's very faith driven is inside my room and. Um, he just sitting there and, um, a nurse comes by my wife and, uh, says, uh, can I go in the room? And my wife says, yeah, sure. You know, and she walks in and she, the little Asian nurse. And she says to my uncle, uh, father, what's the problem? And he said to her, I, I'm not a father. Uh, I'm an uncle and they can't figure out what's wrong with my nephew. And she said, well, for right now, you're going to be a father. And she says, give me your hand. And she held my uncle's hand and she put her, I was out. I was, uh, and, and other, you know, just heavily medicated and she put her other hand in my forehead and she started praying. And as she was praying, uh, my uncle said he felt the heat coming through the hand, his hand that was holding her other hand. And, and he was just like freaked out with the heat that he felt. Uh, but, Uh, She finished praying and she turned around and she said to my uncle, everything's going to be okay. And she was walking out of the room. My wife was coming into the room and she kind of touched my wife and she said to her, it's okay. He's going to be fine. And she left. And uh, about 3.30 in the morning, um, they came to take my temperature again. And it was 98.6. And um, uh, my uncle and my wife, they freaked out. And uh, so they said, we need to speak with the nurse that came here at 1 o'clock. And they said, what nurse? We we There's no one scheduled to come here at 1. I said, what do you mean? Then they described her. And uh, uh, there's no nurse at the hospital with that description. And, uh, um, you know, Manhattan, Kansas is a small town. It's a small little hospital. Everyone knows everybody. It's not like, uh, uh, you know, going to Jackson where there's a gazillion employees in there. Uh, it's it's a small uh, hospital and uh, uh, that nurse that, that no one had ever worked at that hospital uh, was under that description so uh, it was an angel of God man that that uh, <laughs> uh, was sent in there to take care of me
1: <laughs> El Tocayo Tuyo his jaw dropped to the ground you can see that film by the way ESPN did a short on it and it's fantastic. So what's what's compelling about the story that I'm going to drive home the point to Frank is, you know, sometimes your stories are right? so there are three people involved in the witnessing of this, right? Spoke to the uncle, spoke to the wife. He's out. I don't know if you, you don't remember, like you weren't coherent at this point in time. Is that correct?
0: Yeah, no, I, I was, I, I don't remember anything going on. I was, I was heavily medicated because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with me And then the next day that's when they ran a test that they had already run and it said pancreatitis and uh uh which uh uh, which is not a death sentence uh but it's a troublesome uh, problem and uh, you you know you survive it but uh but it can get complicated because it shuts all your organs down and so you turn yellow and it's just it's a complicated deal if you don't take care of it but uh, but the next day, there was clarity. And, uh, you know, up to that point, there was no clarity, no understanding, and and uh, uh, they couldn't get that temperature down.
1: One of my favorite ESPN stories by far, not because it involves my brother <laughs> from another, but it's because it's just an amazing story. Frank Martin joining us here on Good Morning Amigo. I know you're limited with time. I did want to get to what is your your challenge, and it's been many challenges for coaches around the country, in, in NCAA basketball particularly. I have a lot of friends who are coaches Like yourself, and I know that uh, this is tough. You had a senior class or a class that didn't get to finish a season, Um, and guys like my favorite Gamecock, uh, Mike. Oh yeah, Mike uh, gave you four good years, you know, and and then now senior year comes and goes gone. But so, what's the dynamic that goes? First of all, we have no idea what's going to be going on for next season. You can only coach as the assumption that there's going to be a season, and other than maybe not many fans. You're going to play basketball 40 times and you're going to do what you got to do. How does this affect the class, you know, the team that goes out and the new team that comes in, the recruiting, everything that goes behind, conditioning, what you would normally be doing on June 1st? Obviously, this June 1st, you're not. I wonder how that affects your day to day.
0: Yeah, that's, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the hardest part uh, is that uh, we have all been, uh, put in a place where we're going to have to function differently than anything we've ever done before, and um, you know, and that's uh, um, that's the complicated part. Um, uh, the The easy part is that if it's not safe, we don't have to worry about basketball. That's that's the that's the easy part because we're human beings first and foremost. Um, <laughs> I think the one thing that we all, uh, as fans, need. Sports Sports brings us uh, a level of happiness, a level of joy, a level of getting back to what we started talking about at the beginning of the conversation of we all get along because of our team. And uh, so sports brings that, that level of, of joy uh, to, to us all. Uh, it, it unifies us. So um, with, that, with that being said, um, as far as we go, uh, we we're we're kind of in a circling pattern right now. Uh, the you know football is opening up uh, campuses for workouts. Uh, we we'll find out uh, sometime in or I believe it's June 16 or not if we're going to be able to do um, team workouts in July if we're allowed to. Then we'll bring our players back in July and and we can start having them lift weights and 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 have some kind of uh, summer team workouts, which is what we usually do. Um, and uh, Uh, and then head into the year. And uh, right now the plan is to play. Uh, Everything's in place for football, for basketball. Um, The the universities around the country, I can tell you mine, the leadership has worked tirelessly uh, to figure out a way uh, to to create a safe haven on campus for the average student and for the athlete. Uh, And then they got to figure out how to manage the game they experienced. The, uh, you know the fans in the stands and things of that nature i don't know I don't think we're there yet, uh but we still got time to figure that one out uh but uh but it's 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 gonna be a challenge and, and we're all we're all we're everyone's it's, it's this is like a game right now you know you you go in thinking you're playing against the zone and you're really prepared for the zone, and all of a sudden the offense you put in doesn't work, and you're in the middle of the game, and you gotta improvise and and make hard decisions and, and you know, you better be prepared to do those. That's kind of what we're dealing with because uh, we're dealing with an unknown. And uh, so we're, everyone's worked really hard to create a game plan and a uh, plan B and uh, you know, whenever we get to that moment, we might have to go to plan C, which is, uh, different than anything that we, any, any of us ever thought about.
1: And this is one game that I think coaches will be using all of their timeouts to figure out how to plan accordingly. Frank Martin joining us yeah. here, University of South Carolina, Gamecock head basketball coach with us here on Good Morning Amigo. That's, uh, Having spent, I guess, seventy, eighty days in quarantine, I know you probably didn't stop working. Did you find? I'm sure you found time to spend more time with your family, being the great family man that you are. Did you also find yourself watching a lot of film?
0: Yeah, you know, you know, Larry, I, I, uh, um, I, I, I tend, I, I tend not to watch us as much because I'm a big believer that every team is different, so. I won't watch a lot of last year because uh, I want to go into next year with an open mind and, uh, and, and just go from there. Uh, and, uh, but yeah, I've watched a lot of basketball. i watch other teams. I've, I've spent a lot of time on zoom calls with coaches um, where, where we're all uh, sharing uh, ideas, sharing concepts, teaching thoughts um, a lot of time with our players on Zoom, uh, trying to help them. Uh, that's where we've watched from from last year has been more with our players. So they can see uh, now that there's not a pressure of another game, another practice, <clears throat> they can just sit there and watch and say, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You Because know, when you're in the middle of the season and there's a pressure to do things better uh, for playing time, for winning, uh, television, your family's in the stands, Uh, there's another team, Uh, you know, things get harder and and the mind doesn't think as clear. Uh, Right now where everything's a little bit more lax, um, people think clear and there's less pressure and there's less confusion and less voices in their heads because they're always watching them play. It's just us in the gym. Uh, So we've been able to do that through film.
1: Oh, we lost them. Oh, right in the middle of such a good one. Ah. Get him back on. <laughs> Technology is always fun. Oh, We were doing so well. Is he back? No rush. <laughs> How often does that, something like that happen on radio? He was, uh, we were talking to Frank Martin. I, I don't mean to be flippant or, or goofy here, but we were talking to Frank Martin at, at length and he was, in the middle of finishing a very very salient point, and the phone went dead. So I don't know if maybe battery went dead. You're getting him, Frank. I don't think so. Oh, he's there, Frank. We lost yep. you.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know how these cell phones work, man. It's uh, you, you, if you, I'm even though I'm inside my house, if I sit on the wrong couch, uh, it's a problem. So, um, but I don't know where you lost me. But but you know what I was saying is that we we've tried to be a lot. Better with our players watching film now in the summer, where it's a lot less stressful and they got a lot less voices in their heads, uh, to, to so they can be a lot more relaxed to to be able to learn from what they did wrong or what they did right, because it's not always about correcting; it's sometimes about reinforcing doing things a certain way. And, uh, so I, I think we've had a productive uh, uh, summer uh, as far as everyone uh, staying in a good place mentally and. Uh, now we just got to trust it and uh, and see what happens in the future.
1: I am going to uh, miss my summer was previously trip planned to go to the region as I was planning once again. And we, we were going to make it a yearly thing, the South Carolina, North Carolina drive like we did last year. So we're we're going to miss you this summer just because with everything that's going on. But uh, sure. But uh, most definitely we will stay in touch if you're in Miami. I hope I can get see you. Uh, I appreciate you coming on the show, spreading a little wisdom, always bringing that Miami flavor. I wish I could give you a cafecito right now, Uh, (laughs) but uh, we'll share it from afar, brother. I appreciate everything you do. And again, um, I've said this before on Twitter, and I'll say it again on my show. I I am privileged to have you as a friend. And the way you've always treated me from beginning to end um, shows that you're a guy that is true to your word. Uh, I've known you in different phases of your life, and you've never big-leagued me from when you barely knew me. Um, to when you got to know me and knew that you had a good friend in me to now we're fam, you know what I'm saying? Between my ties with Tuna and, and a years yeah, of sure. friendship. I, I appreciate you to the nth degree for always being there uh, always being solid. And it takes times like this. And I've been telling everybody that I appreciate and love that I appreciate and I love them. And I'm not going to miss this opportunity to do that with you, my brother. I love you very much.
0: Same your way, man. And, uh, and, and keep doing what you're doing, man. You're opening doors for kids that, that, uh, uh, through your dream uh, uh, con- continuing to pursue your dream what you're doing is you're opening the door for for kids that otherwise would not have had the opportunities to learn what you're doing and what you're teaching them that it's okay to dream and it's okay to chase it and uh to, to continue to have a voice man give 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 because not too many people uh look like you that do what you do right now and, and come from where you come from that do what you do right now. So continue to give those young kids a, a platform and a vision to have a dream uh, so they can have a voice, so they can continue to speak about people like us or people like them uh, that need that as we go through this journey.
1: Yep, That's the whole point of this mission, and and those kids mean everything to me. And when I started this a few years ago, I didn't think it was going to be that way. Uh, but it is I, I chase my dream along with them I help them chase theirs and they know that I'm here for them but uh, they they absolutely frank they mean everything to me and it's what makes this so humbling and makes it so rewarding for me and I've you've known me throughout my entire media career and I've never done anything that satisfies me more than what I'm doing here at slam radio and and I thought it was a pipe dream I followed it just because well sometimes you gotta go with a gut and I went with a gut yep. and when when Pitt, Pitt got in front of me and said, oh yeah we're gonna do this I looked at everybody around me and like, yeah, I'm going to use the we, like you use the we. And we said, okay, this is something we can embrace because we believe and and the outcome has been amazing. My son and my daughter, uh, my daughter now a graduate from slam and, and has really That's awesome. catapulted from a media career standpoint. She works for Academica now, and, And you should grow up real fast on me, and it's because of what happened here at Slam. My son now entering in his sophomore year here at Slam, and he's learning bigger and better things. He's running this station along with some of the smartest kids in Miami that are here with me at Slam Radio. Uh, This is a dream come true to be able to do that for other students while I do it for my kids, while I do it for kids that wouldn't have this opportunity, who don't realize sometimes because they live in the situation they live in that they do have a voice. And that it yep. does want to be heard. They they're astonished by that. They don't realize that people want to hear what they have to say. That's why I yep. always tell them: say it the right way. Sound like you. You know, don't don't get sloppy about your message because you don't That's know it. who's listening that really wants That's to hear it. what you have to say.
0: Yes, sir. That's exactly right. And and you know, it's, uh, just keep teaching them, man. Keep teaching them because uh, sometimes the education is the biggest difference between moving forward and being stuck. And and keep teaching them, keep making them understand that if they get educated, that gives them the the tools that they need so they can speak their mind and express themselves and, and get people to follow. Um, and, uh, and, and it's all education, man, all education. I said it in my, in my note, I wrote education gives us a seat at the table where we can make a difference and create a difference. And, <coughs> uh, so keep doing what you're
1: doing and if you talk to our boy UD you tell him that uh, we send him our love as well he is my new hero here in Miami I love that guy absolutely my brother alright take care Frank Martin I appreciate you my brother take care I love you say hello to everybody in the family we will suspend our meeting till further months after COVID and all this mess gets away and we will be together again my bro Dale, mi hermano. un abrazo take care Come back from break, we'll, uh, I love talking to him. Man. Uh, I'm such a softy. I love talking to him. It's just, you don't understand, like, well, for years, what would happen with Frank Martin is Frank would come into town for some sort of recruiting, he would plan it. He goes, oh, yeah, I'm going to be here on this day. Let's go grab breakfast, because breakfast was two hours. And I would tell him, I go, hey, just because I don't say a lot when I'm with you, your wisdom Papa. I love hearing you talk. And I would go in quiet, and within 20 minutes, yucking it up like two boys. And and that's a bond, very organic bond that I have between Frank Martin and myself uh, that grew over the years. It was I knew Frank from Miami High, from when I worked at the Herald. And he was the guy with the poofy hair. You know, it didn't, that's funny that I had poofy hair now I have none. Uh, <laughs> and over the years, always, always a gentleman. Right? <laughs> but uh, as, as the bond grew stronger, it started growing strong. I want to say about. 15 years ago, right when dose hit. That's when him and I really got tight. Um, and nothing, bro, that's. We get made fun of. Your boy, Frank Martin, that's my boy, you're right. Well, he's yeah. one of my favorite guys to talk to on the phone because he actually d- talks to me like a human being. It doesn't sound like he's just kind of like, yeah, 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 yaying me to get me off the phone. So it was funny. We drove to South Carolina last year to go see him. Well, we, we have started, we had done it for years going to the mountains and then we had stopped doing it. And we decided, even if they're older, I don't really give a rat's ass. Maybe make this a yearly trip. So it's fun. It's a getaway. I love road trips. I'm tired of going to Disney. Love road trips. Right? So we did it, and we were astonished as to how much fun we had. I went to go see my boy in North Carolina. Um, my dude Pastor Tony over there. And But before, we made a pit stop. And we really, when we left South Carolina after being with Coach, we realized we screwed up. It was just a pit stop. And what we should have been is planned to spend two days there. So we could spend a day with Coach and the family and whatnot. Because he says, man, you didn't give me enough time. The wife would have cooked. So everything was moved, and we were going to do this next month. We were like, next month I was heading over there. I was going to corner when it was. He was a good time for him between recruiting trips and whatnot. And and then obviously we know what happened three months ago. But you know what? It's always good to have him on the phone, always have him on the show and talk to him. When we come back, we'll do more of what we do best. Isn't that called a la See. Sí. <laughs> Eso mismo, <laughs> uh, we'll keep it continue on the other side. Good morning, amigos. Sirius XM 145, Slam Radio. Hey, look what I found. A radio. Radio. Slam Radio, Sirius XM Channel 145.